is that actually where he lives? Yeah, he lives in Weatherby. Yeah, just in that little house. Yeah, yeah, just um, yeah. It's, it's like a little flat, is it? Like, Granny flat above, above a sweet shop. Yeah. yeah. My speculation is there is nothing on the walls. Like I reckon, like a proper thing. He's rented it, and it's just full of VHSs of like under 16s games from Belgium. Like, I'm sure that'd be the only decoration in there. Like he, he just he, he just likes football and pretty much nothing else. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation tomorrow, bro. People's lives are at risk. Oli Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take that as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, have a bad shave. Hello comrades and you're very welcome to the football spin. It's a football spin on a very nice Saturday morning. Um, especially if you're a Leeds United fan who, after 16 years in the wilderness, League One and the Championship, after many near misses and heartaches, Leeds United are back in the Premier League. And Dion, you know, uh, neutrals, not so neutrals, but a lot of fans have greeted the fact that Leeds are back in the Premier League with um, joy. And, and that's interesting, isn't it? Uh, it's it's probably extraordinary for people of a, a certain age to think that Leeds are being welcomed back uh, and everyone is is excited at the prospect. And it's more more to do with a lot to do with Marcello Bielsa. I think the combination of the two, and I think Leeds are uh, because of their history uh, in every sense, um, they are a club that carry a lot of weight and reputation, and there is a charisma a dark charisma at times about Leeds United like going back to you know the damned United and the way they actually lend themselves to like if you read the David Peace book it really Leeds United lend themselves to that story but also they're such a big club you know when they were in League One they had average attendance of 20 26,000 um there is a um you know there is just this expectation around there are one club city it's um, so it is a huge thing, but I think because of Bielsa and that factor, um, it has changed it because you know they were always this club. I remember there was a quote from Eddie Gray when Leeds when they, when Leeds won the league at Anfield, and uh, they went down and were hailed by the cop. Um, uh, there was this hesitation on the Leeds players to do it, and that you know, and the and the. Um, you know, Eddie Gray said being cheered by a rival crowd, any rival crowd, was a new experience for us. Now that has been the Leeds experience through that era. Um, it, it it changed a bit for a time during the Peter Ridsdale, David O'Leary era, and then that became very toxic. And now Bielsa has restored, brought them into a, a totally different place. So I think most people are excited. Um, every Leeds fan that has been hidden for the last. 10 years has emerged this weekend it seems and uh um and you know again they do seem to be of a of a of a of a certain age um but it's uh it no it's 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 a it is a good day and especially because it's gonna if Bielsa is there next season <laughs> um Nas um it's interesting because Bielsa is often compared to Premier League managers what he's done at Leeds he's done with almost 
well, little budget compar- compar- comparatively to Premier League managers, but playing amazing football. And he's taken a lot of players who would have been otherwise dis- discarded by the club or another manager and turned them into like very good footballers. Um, and I suppose comparisons are made to Mourinho, to Solskjaer, who's needed so many transfer windows to get the club right or whatever else. So it is, it's interesting the way he's done it. As a United fan, um, what's your reaction to having this godlike figure in Bielsa come in, but also he's the manager of Leeds United and they're back in the Premier League? Um, I mean, it's it's, it's conflicting because um, it's, it's so interesting because like any time a, a team comes up, there's a sense like, okay, well now they'll need to buy a certain amount of players or they, they need a completely new midfield or defence or whatever. Bielsa being the way he is, you kind of think, well, does that matter? As long as as long as he's got players that fit into what he wants, I think he sh- I think he's already shown that he just makes it work in in a very Bielsa way and and a very sort of a Bielsa formation and sort of style of play. So, and it's and it's so interesting. Like, how often do you get a situation where uh, a manager being promoted straight away? It's not it's not just a case of like people thinking, oh, it's 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 Leeds, so it'll be the, the rivalry rivalry between United and maybe some of some of the Yorkshire clubs. People are talking about um, looking forward to City versus Leeds because then it'll be Guardiola versus versus Bielsa or or Klopp versus Bielsa. So that's the esteem he's held in by by everyone in football. And it's and and again, like you say, it's fascinating because like Bielsa is just naturally lovable. Like it's very very hard to dislike him. Uh, I'm I'm sure some Derby fans might disagree, but like he, the fact he sort of came out to celebrate. And essentially, it looked like a set of Lasso Summer Wine where he lives. And, 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 and he, he, he's a man who devises his, his tactics in Costa Coffee. Uh, he, he, he walked to training with, with both, both straps of his backpack on, like, he, like some elderly Dora the Explorer. Like like shops in Morrison's, like this. There is so much love. Like he, shops he, in Morrison's in his Leeds United tr- tracksuit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Pictures of him in Morrison's <laughs> in his Leeds United tracksuit. Like it is extraordinary. But it's it's like and, and and again like like you can tell like when he's meeting people he's he's obviously a lovely bloke and like really 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 nice with kids as well. You can see like the amount of parents that have sort of stuck videos up on on social media of, of him just being really lovely and having loads of time for, for their children. Um, it's very hard to dislike him, but it's uh, the, the flip side of, of that is obviously it's very easy to hate Leeds. So it's, it's a weird sort of twin sort of uh, situation. And and I think, uh, I think it's just going to be, the thing is like Dion said, like Leeds are just box office, whatever you think about them, good or bad, they are box office. And it's, I think one thing that this, this period in time has taught us, is that football is nothing if you've not got skin in the game. It's nothing if you don't give a shit or you're or you're a neutral. What fo- what football's all about is feeling slightly nervous about the next game or feeling elated or absolutely dejected if you lose to a certain team. And Leeds on the fixture list as a United fan, seeing Le- the Leeds game next, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna create so many emotions of like oh shit I hope we don't lose or like how great it would it be to beat them. So like it's 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 great news. It is. Um, no, it is. I agree with that. I think it is like the the thing with Bielsa is that it's it's easy to see him as this uh, because of his charisma and because of the way he is with people as as a kind of cuddly, um, lovable character. When in fact he is, you know, uh, an incredibly demanding, hugely demanding coach. Um, 
and there's a great piece in the Athletic today by Phil Hay on the on the background to all that. <clears throat> but I think it's an important thing when you look at what Leeds are going to do, like how how does he keep going with these players into another season? What will they do next season um, to kind of uh, revitalize that? And then you hope that all of those factors come together and you have a powerful Leeds because the other side of it, the stuff that you do see in the um, you know the videos people put like that, there was something incredible about that uh, video outside his house. It did look like it almost would have worked with like a sort of Pathé News voiceover. It was something so innocent about it. Yeah. You know, like in Weatherby, uh, Leeds United manager Marcello Bielsa emerged to, you know, that kind of a, and you have this sort of crackly image and he's like, people are shuffling up to get him and one person is shouting out, you are God. That was my Pathé News voiceover voice. <laughs> um, and, uh, um, but it was, there's, a, there's an incredible innocence about it and and it's you know the the costs of store you know the co- work thing is tactics walking to the training ground uh you know people stories of people walking driving by him in the rain as he's walking from the training ground asking if they, if he'd like a lift and he's like no i like this and he just walks the 45 minutes to the training ground every day and just settling in this you know now whether i've been to weatherby it's a beautiful like that part of 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 England of Yorkshire is stunning like it's a beautiful place to live like but it's it's also a very strange place to have the Elsa and so but it is a wonderful story and it's uh um I hope it, it sustains through the Premier League season or seasons absolutely um I think we're all uh, as football fans, giddy with excitement here. Um, let's bring in somebody else. Uh, Rob Mulholland is a massive Leeds fan. He is uh, the presenter of Rob Mulholland Has an Opinion, the podcast. He is a comedian, of course, and he's also a writer for the Leeds fanzine Square Ball. I think I've covered all my bases there, Rob. But look, let's start all first of all, on this glorious morning. How are you feeling? I am absolutely fantastic this morning. Uh, Marcelo Bielsa has delivered us to the promised land. I can't believe it. I'm absolutely, I'm, I'm uh, irritatingly happy. Is how I would support it. Are people getting? Are people being irritated by you, Rob? Is, is as, the lead... as much as I can possibly do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm not being humble about it. We've had 16 years of being humble. I'm. Uh, I'm putting some noses out of joint, and I'm loving it. And what what is the reaction of people? Because there seems to be a, a strange thing for Leeds fans right now. Because maybe it's the Bielsa factor, but there's mm. there is a lot of people uh, incredibly happy that Leeds have been promoted who aren't Leeds United fans. Is is that, is that have you seen that reflected in in the response, or is there still the resistance from the places you would expect resistance? Well- I think um, I think a lot of people were initially excited that we were coming up. I think they sort of uh, the idea of us being promoted was quite nice, but I think now they're realising that uh, they've sort of remembered what our fan base is like. <laughs> quite quickly, we've reminded them that we're absolutely awful. So I'm uh, I'm delighted because that's it. We're like that's been part of the problem with being uh, down there. We've had to be a bit like humble, and it's, it doesn't really work for us. <laughs> So uh, yeah, I think look, I, I think everyone's delighted to have Leeds back because you know it's it's a great away game for everyone. You know, it's an exciting date in the calendar. It'll be a lot of fun. We're a great side. Everyone's going to be excited to watch us. But <laughs> we are an absolute nightmare of a club uh, for anyone else. We are the loudest, most obnoxious bastards in the league now. So we are very excited. 
And has that changed with Bielsa, do you think? Not just the perception, but the way Leeds see themselves because he is, you know, the, the, the cult, you know, the, the cult figure of that, you know, every, every cult figure wants to be Bielsa as a cult figure because he has this reputation. Um, and has that changed how Leeds feel about themselves in any way, do you think? Oh, massively. Like, um, he's, he's restored the pride to the club and the city uh, totally. He's transformed it. Like, before he came in, we were still just, you know, in a churn of managers. We had 15 in 16 years. You know, there's a, there's a point mm. where we had, I think, three managers in three months. And um, we still kind of felt like that when we had Paul Heckenbottom just before he came in. You know, it felt like just another roll of the dice and it wasn't working. And, yeah, it was hard to be proud of Leeds United for a long time. We had to be funny, not proud. And uh, now, uh, yeah, Bielsa's completely transformed it because not only have we, uh, like, we're going to win the league uh, now, I think it's fair to say. I think it's safe enough. We need one more point to win the league. Uh, I think we'll get that at Derby tomorrow, which will be oh, so fun. But um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's just, it, it's totally transformed because we haven't just done well. We've done well beautifully. We are genuinely an incredible football team. We play great stuff and I really think we'll do well in the Premier League next year. So yeah, it just completely restored that pride because we were, we were laughable for a long time and you know people would laugh at us and we'd just sort of go yeah, you are right. Yeah, we are crap. But... What, was the, what was the lowest point during all that? <laughs> oh, like... God. Like, honestly, like, we'll be here for hours trying to pick through which one is the lowest point. 5-0 at home to Blackpool. Uh, 7-3 against uh, Nottingham Forest. There was a game against Preston where we were they were bottom of the league. Uh, we were 4-1 up at half time. I left to go to work from Ellen Road. By the time I got to my job in a sports bar, we were 6-4 down. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like there was one particular game away at Bolton away where we weren't even at our worst we weren't at our like lowest and uh, you know we were mid-table but it was just bleak it we, like we lost 2-0 and it was raining and we just didn't have a shot for the entire game and it's moments like that that are just the, the bleakest I think it's the the seasons where we finished 13th and just it, the season was over by October you know, like it was, um, it was pretty bleak for a long time. Like I could honestly pick out bad moments forever. You you talked about the managers you went through there. Like, you know, was would it have made a difference? Like, there was that quote of Chilinos when he was the owner that managers are like watermelons. They look good when you buy buy them, and then you think you're buying the best watermelon, but then you then you get home and you open the watermelon, and sometimes it's beautiful, sometimes it's not. Um. Wow, Chilino must buy a lot of watermelon. He must buy a lot of watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> but like that was the way the club. Like, if if Leeds had been promoted, then if like Steve Evans had been the manager, yeah, there was no danger been... of us getting promoted no. when Steve Evans was our manager. <laughs> like, I won't worry too much about that. <laughs> but it would have been a different thing if it had happened under Chilino, would it? Yeah, exactly. It would have been totally different because, like, for a start, we would have been a shambles. And if somehow uh, we had been uh, promoted whilst Chilino was our chairman, we would have been down in record time. I would have think somehow we would have got relegated in September if Chilino was still our chairman because it was. Honestly, the level of chaos around the club at that point, it's hard to explain how chaotic it was. Just It was just constantly, you never knew who was going to be the manager when you turned up. Like There was um, there was points where like Chilino got trapped in the ground by fans that just surrounded the ground and wouldn't let him leave uh, when, when he sacked Brian McDermott. And then we won 5-0 without Brian McDermott in the ground against Huddersfield. <laughs> then Brian McDermott came back and was promptly shit again. So... <laughs> So like yeah, it, it wouldn't. It wasn't 
the same at all. There was nothing to be proud of for a long time. We were just a really, really poor football team, but with a massive expectation and a massive fan base. So basically, we'd take 5,000 away to Barnsley to watch us get beat. In fact, I oh know, I've just remembered the low point. Uh, New, Year's, New Year's Eve, we lost 4-1 to Barnsley, and I was hammered by one in the afternoon because it was an early kickoff. Uh, bad, bad day. <laughs> um, Emma Rob, from my point of view, like there was always this faint hope that Leeds would uh, leads it up, like like yeah. they, they would lead, they would fuck it up in 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 a way that only Leeds can. Um, in terms well, of West how it, Brom, turns uh, out, yeah, yeah, but but in in terms of the way it played out, like I mean, how how recently did you kind of think this is actually going to happen? Was it was there still points that you thought we can still fuck it up? Until uh, till last night, I still thought it was possible. Like you know, I'm a, I'm a Leeds fan. I've seen it all before. Like we've been in unassailable positions and been assailed several times. <laughs> like, you know, we we are a, a very twitchy fan base, and naturally, you know, we've been through a lot. And uh, even even yesterday, I was like, there was still a bit in my brain that was like, look, all it takes is West Brom winning two games, Brentford winning two games, and us losing two games. Those, those things can happen. So, like, but I, I'm I'm a relatively optimistic fan. Um, after the Fulham game, I thought that was huge. I was like, oh, uh, you know, that was a real turning point. But it was um, it was when um, Pablo Hernandez scored in the 88th minute against Swansea. I think that was the moment where we were like, oh, this season's different because, like, last season that doesn't go in. You know, like last season we don't get over the line like that. We don't have the, the scrappy couple of wins we've had in the last couple of games. Um, we just got over the line. The game against Barnsley the other day was horrific, absolutely awful. It was the worst we've ever played under Bielsa. But we got over the line, and we didn't, uh, you know, we didn't completely panic. So uh, that that was a huge change. But yeah, I think it was that it was that when we beat Swansea um, a couple of games ago. That was the moment where I was like, I think we're up now. And then, uh, but until it was mathematically done, I couldn't be settled. <laughs> you know, I've been there too many times. And. Last season, the, the, you talked about Derby there, um, the defeat to Derby in the in the playoff semi-final. Like, did that feel that it, at that point, did you think this is never going to happen? Because did you presumably you worried, like most Leeds fans worried, that Bielsa would leave at that stage, that it would, would unravel and you'd be back yes. to square one. Yeah, yeah, oh, massively. I was, I was absolutely terrified of that because um, we'd been so good last season as well. Like, you know, I think, I think we've been better this season, but we were really very good, and I think we were massively unfortunate that last season there was three really good teams in the championship, and uh, you know, like Sheffield United pipped us to the post, and we've seen what they've done since then. So I don't think there's any great shame in that, but. It was really close and it was really tense. And then to lose like that against Derby, especially against Frank Lampard's bloody Derby. God, (laughs) it was was really, it was really grim. It was a real sucker punch. Uh, But we've been absolved. I think I'm finally going to watch the last episode of the documentary we made last season. Honestly, I've not watched it. I I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Um, So I think now, now that we've been absolved, after we've beaten them and won the championship tomorrow, I'll, uh, I'll treat myself to that, I think. It was it, it was so funny, like because I because I started watching that and like uh, I think I tweeted like oh, I don't like this because like the whole point of that kind of like show is that it makes you sympathetic towards like the club and like the individuals and and I thought I don't like it because like I, I almost feel myself sort of rooting for them or wanting them to do well 
Yeah. So, so then I was like, I, I don't want to watch it. But then there was people on Twitter saying, stick with it. It's got a good ending. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we've reversed that now. Like the, the Amazon cameras came back uh, for the last couple of games. So there might be a follow up to that. Oh, wow. Well, the, pro- the problem is like we are an incredibly likable club now. Like, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot to really admire about Leeds United and it must be really sticking in the craw of a lot of people. Because if you watch us play and how joyful our football is, you can't help but be a bit entranced and you can't help but love Marcelo Bielsa the greatest human being on earth. <laughs> Talk about Bielsa a bit, because we've seen, everyone's seen the video, I think at this stage from outside yeah. his house in Weatherby uh, last night. And you know, oh, no, it was fans. so beautiful. I wanted to run in though, like two meters, two meters. What yeah, I was going to ask you, like I saw somebody tweeting that, you know, adore him at a, at a socially distant, exceptionally socially distant level. Like, because did you, is that your first reaction? It was like, just stay li- away li- from him. A little, because he is such a gem he needs protecting. But um, it was it was really beautiful. And typically Bielsa, in how understated the celebration was, just pottering out of his house in Weatherby to chat to some kids. Like, it was lovely. And, I was, you know, genuinely, he's the first manager I think we've ever had where I'm delighted for him. I'm genuinely wanted it for him because he has put everything into this. Like, he has completely lived and breathed it. And he is... A genius and a wonderful man and an incredible human being. I'm actually re- like uh, I've been working on a podcast series all about Bielsa called the Bielsa Bible with Mickey Pika, uh, just interviewing people about Bielsa. So we're delighted because like no one would have wanted to listen if, he'd, if we'd not gone up and he'd left. <laughs> Is that actually where he lives? Yeah, he lives in Weatherby, yeah, just in that little house. Yeah, yeah, just um, yeah. It's granny like flat, is it? I heard granny flat above a sweet shop, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, and like um, all our speculation, we've never seen inside. Obviously, there's never been any photos inside. But my speculation is there is nothing on the walls. Like I reckon, like a proper thing. He's rented it, and it's just full of VHSs of like under 16s games from Belgium. <laughs> like, I'm sure that'll be the only decoration in there. Like he, he just, he, he just likes football and pretty much nothing else. Well, there's amazing stuff. That Phil Hay has a piece in the Athletic today where they love Phil Hay. To- what a great guy. But he, he goes into a bit of that stuff where uh, they asked him, like Leeds asked Bielsa what he had done with his time during lockdown. He told them he spent 19 hours watching Alfie McCalmont, a 20-year-old midfielder in their academy, who properly grade his potential. And yeah. then, you know, another sort of people, they were amazed to find that one report. And we all, we know this from his his press conference when he, you know, after the, uh, after the Spygate, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but he's, they were amazed to find one report on a bottom end championship club contained eight pages about their third choice goalkeeper, a player who had not had a single minute of match action this season. <laughs> yeah, this is it. Like, I'm, I'm not surprised by any of this. Uh, Alfie McCallum's had a hell of a uh, potential, actually. He looks a great player. So, uh, you know, so that was not good time well spent in lockdown. <laughs> this is it. And like, genuinely, I, I, what, right, this is speculation, but I genuinely think how it went last night was his entire celebration was that bit where he went outside and said hello to people. And then he was back inside to watch videos of Derby. I promise you, that's what he'll be doing. He'll have been watching their, like, yeah, their, their under-23s player friendly last season. Like, it, it, to me, it just feels like such a strange situation in terms of leads coming up because usually when when a team comes up, you kind of know they've done really well in their sort of in the championship, but you know it's going to be a struggle sort of coming into the Premier League, and you and you question like how good the manager is, how good the players are. But like with with Bielsa, like he's genuinely one of the best managers in the world. Like like from my point of view, there's, there's twice where I've just thought like United are getting totally like uh, outplayed. We can't even we're not even on the same planet. One was against Red Star Belgrade, 
Mm-hmm. And once, once was against a Bielsa's uh, Bilbao, where where it just felt as if like, game. what are they doing? Like, like how can we not get the ball? Why is this so difficult? And that was under Ferguson. Yeah, yeah, oh, no, that that was a that was a really good uh, that was a really good Man United team as well. It was yeah. uh, it was just Bielsa at the peak of his powers, and uh, yeah, you're going to see more of that because what's what's so special about Bielsa is it isn't even particularly about the individuals. It's about getting individuals who buy into the system because it's the system that's all important. And uh, yeah, it's really gonna. We're, we're really gonna cause some shocks in the Premier League. I don't think any of us are even half concerned about going down. Like we're look, honestly, we're looking uh, where in the top half we're gonna finish. Like we are better than half the teams in the Premier League. Definitely, we're a cohesive unit for a start. That puts us ahead again of, of a lot of teams in the Premier League. And uh, we play brilliant, brilliant football. And with a couple of additions, I really th- like. Look, I'm, I'm an incredibly optimistic fan and I'm full of the joys of spring. But I genuinely think uh, we'll, we're, we're going to be more Sheffield United than Norwich. We're not going to be hanging on. We're going to go and actually play some people off the park. And do, do you have any concerns, Rob, that Bielsa will, like, won't stay? That he won't, he'll feel. Wash your mouth out. <laughs> Not now. I'm sorry. I'm really. I'm sorry. No, no, not 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 all. It'll de- he'll definitely want to go at the uh, the Premier League, and um, he's not the kind of guy who can be turned by a, a different offer. Like he he loves um, he loves the club, and it's his kind of club. Because from um, one of the beautiful things about having Bielsa as our manager is we've really like connected with other fan bases, like the other fans uh, of the other clubs that he's managed. We're all sort of like a little group. We're the Bielsistas. We're like uh, like it's like a network around the world. Because like speaking to these fans, that, that all the clubs he managed have like the same uh, sort of profile, and the fan bases are really similar. So sp- speaking to these fans, like Newell's fans are Leeds fans, but Argentinian, and the same with Bilbao, and same with Marseille. Because he, he goes to these clubs in, you know, uh, sort of industrial working class areas with large clubs that have sort of uh, fallen a little bit into hard times, and he likes rebuilding them and. It's what he's doing, and you know we, we, he hasn't confirmed anything because he never does. But his brother is uh, usually a little bit more amenable to speaking to the press, and has said, "Yeah, he'll want a crack at this." Have you met him? I haven't, and it is my life's work to meet him. Uh, he, I, I, I really, I, I don't know what I would do. There's very few people I get starstruck by, but I don't know if I'd be able to talk. Like I'm genuinely, I'm genuinely learning a bit of Spanish. I'm trying to learn Spanish to in order to speak to him. I, I haven't learned any yet. I say when I'm learning, I've downloaded the app. I haven't turned it on yet, but I'm gonna. I want to learn to say something into him in Spanish because God, I need to thank that man for what he's done. And is there any chance? Like you talk there, and you say you're an optimistic fan, but you talk about you know top half next season. Like, what if it goes wrong? Is there any danger that you know this could be the peak for for Leeds and Bielsa, and that the next step? And it is a, there is a gap between the championship and the premier league there's, like, there's a there... gap between most championship teams and most premier league teams we're far better than that <laughs> like, I'm, genuinely, <laughs> I'm genuinely not worried at all you know like uh, we are we are very very good like this is and, and the, the only reason it's been a struggle in the championship is because every team every week sticks 11 behind the ball every team is scared of us we're the big team we're the big one that everyone's worried about when we get to the premier league it ain't going to be like that teams are going to come out and play us and if you try and play this Leeds united team of football you're in for a game and like we will we will batter a few surprising people look i'm don't get me wrong i'm i'm fully expecting to get proper turned over a couple of times but 
I don't, uh, we will carry on attacking and we will carry on playing exactly the same way. And uh, yeah, I'm genuinely not worried about it. We will win enough games. Like we're not going to draw a lot of games. <laughs> like we will, we will either win or get battered. But I, I think uh, with with the addition of a couple of players, we we have every chance of doing really, really well. I mean, you know, it's football. Things can happen, but I think we're in a really good way. Rob, just looking at the the Leeds team, Pat Bamford banging them in in the championship. Um, and just looking at the additions that Bielsa made since he's arrived, he hasn't really brought in many players at all. He's no, I mean, the it's, part of the, it's been, part of the miracle. Yeah, the net spend has been basically nothing. We've we've not yeah. we've spent a fair bit on wages, and don't get me wrong, we're not like you know the poor club in the league, but we haven't had parachute payments. We haven't had um, we haven't like you know sold our stadium to ourselves to cheat Chef Wednesday in Derby. Like we haven't you know we haven't done any of these dodgy things. We've actually like for once we've played by the rules. We've been the fairest team in the world. And uh, yeah, it's <laughs> that sort of thing. Like that's it. We've not spent a lot, and like what was beautiful about it, and what was the the moment we really realised what how special this was going to be was the first um, league game that Marcelo was in charge against Stoke last season. We played the same lineup basically we had played the season before when we'd been solidly mid table and didn't look better than that. But these players were transformed. You know, it, the the players he's bought have been to replace players we've sold and uh, the the ones we've kept, he's massively improved. Calvin Phillips, when uh, Marcelo Bielsa walked in, honestly, if you'd sold him for like two, three million, we wouldn't have really batted an eyelid. He was a local lad, we liked him, but he didn't look quite up to it. And now, if you came into Ellen Road with 30 million, you're getting laughed at. Like, he, honestly, he, he is, uh, like, that, that isn't even a joke. He's a future international, like, uh, for England. He's just been, like, what Bielsa does to players is, absolutely incredible to watch like some like Stuart Dallas right I I, I will I'll freely admit I thought he was a complete journeyman never gonna you know do up to much whenever he came on I was a bit like ugh. this season he has been a stalwart he's played every position and been incredible he's just he, he looks a, a completely different player it's because the confidence and the belief and the that Bielsa gives to a player and also just the, the level of knowledge and uh, yeah just the freedom to play in the system Talk to us about Click because um, he's an interesting footballer. My mate Dave, who's a fanatical Irish Leeds fan, there are Leeds fan. There are a lot of fanatical Irish Leeds fans, and there are yeah, like, you've, descri- like you've described, they've been living under rocks for the last sixteen years, and they emerged <laughs> triumphantly last night, like beautiful butterflies from their sixteen-year chrysalis, right? But he raves about Click because, and he talks about the fact that this guy, when Bielsa came in, was wasn't playing at the club at all. Yeah. In fact, they were trying to offload him, and since Bielsa has come in. He has started every single league match for the last two years under Bielsa, and he's he's at the centre of everything. That's it, yeah, no, totally. He was um he was out on loan when Bielsa arrived. He'd only played a few games for us, and I'm I'm quite pleased in that. Like I uh, I thought he was a player, I thought he was good, but uh, you know it didn't really look like it was going to work at Leeds. And uh, when Bielsa came in, he sort of divided the squad uh, initially just based on videos he'd watched into like keep these, these are maybes, and these I'm not bothered about. Like, basically, and they were training for a few days, and then, you know, all the ones we weren't bothered about were getting sold. And Click was in the latter camp at first. But then in training, uh, like, he just, he, he, he has just an incredible attitude because he was completely written off, but he just worked and worked and worked. And that that's the thing with him. His level of energy and commitment, the, apparently when he went on um, he went on international duty with Poland and uh, the Polish manager had to ask him to stop running in training. They said he was running too much. He is just an absolute dynamo and technically really good as well. Like I think he'll be starting for us uh, in the Premier League. I would not be surprised. And 
what a fantastic guy. Like, he was absolutely hammered last night. So, uh, like, you know, <laughs> fingers crossed he's all right for Derby tomorrow. But, yeah, he, he's on. He, he's uh, genuinely chasing down a record for, like, most, um, you know, like, starts in a row. He's just uh, an absolute stalwart. What a great guy. Just to give you an idea of how fuck, fucked up things are, is that um, I was having a chat about Daniel James the other day with a, with a mate. Oh, yeah. He was a United fan. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, th- the, th- the thing is that... Um, like we were chatting about, and like uh, the feeling was like he's had a great start, but like, and, he, and he's he's obviously a good footballer, but like, mm. is is the, is the level at, at, at United too high for him? And then what my what my mate came out with, which made me feel sick, slightly sick. He said, "Well, Bielsa rated him, so he must have something about him." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's true though. Like, find anyone who knows more about football than Marcelo Bielsa, who's watched more hours. And like, look, it, this isn't the only time this has happened. You tried to come in for um, uh, Jean Kevin Augustin as well in January, if you remember. Then we got him, and it turned out uh, he wasn't quite up to it. And now we owe eighteen million for a player Bielsa doesn't want. So you know, we're still doing some Leeds things. <laughs> well, in the, in, in the Phil Hay piece, they talk about that and they say that they've reached the conclusion you can't sign. Uh, a player in the January transfer window under Bielsa because it takes too much for the player to come yeah. up to what he what he wants from from individuals. This is it. Like no matter who you are, you are having a couple of months um, in the under twenty threes. You're just not going straight into the first team, no matter who you are, because it's all about the system. It's not about individuals. It's not about how good you are or what your name is or whatever. You need to be able to play as a Bielsa centre forward or a Bielsa winger, and that involves a lot of complex things that it doesn't involve for other people. So, yeah, it's a long process, and yeah, like generally, it's very, very difficult for January signings. I mean, we only made that because Eddie and Ketia decided he uh, didn't want to sit on our bench and wanted to go play up front for Arsenal, uh, the little bastards. I mean, it, what was what he doing? Uh, but yeah, like we, we had to sort of scramble to replace him. But you are right. We, with a preseason, it's it's very important to his process. The preseason, so I, I will imagine, to be honest with you, we will have targets in mind already, and we'll move quickly for them so that um, Bielsa can have some time to bed them in. What are you looking forward to next season, Rob? Because everyone looks, and maybe people of a certain age, especially, look at you know mm. Leeds United, Leeds versus Man United. Uh, yeah, they might look at um, you know the, the historic rivalry between you know Leeds versus Chelsea would always be an historic mm-hmm. rivalry next season it could be it, it has an added weight because it could be Frank Lampard's Chelsea versus Marcello Bielsa's Leeds United like that must be something that every yeah. Leeds fan would be looking forward to yeah yeah I'll be looking out for that fixture I really I really hope we can make Frank Lampard cry again uh what an awful piece of shit Frank Lampard is <laughs> can I put that on record can I just <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely cannot stand that Tory bastard. Uh, like, so another thing I want to put on record, right? You know the whole Spygate thing? Right, he never had any wire cutters. That was a lie. It was a bloke with some binoculars. Frank Lampard cried for no reason. What's an awful, awful shit. So, yeah, I, I really hope next next year we can just go and just really upset him again. That was a phenomenal. That was a phenomenal period, wasn't oh, it? it was amazing. Like, like Mad. it was like a culture war about uh, training methods, and like everyone, you could could have you could tell a, a whole a person's entire uh, philosophy of life based on how they. Yeah, totally. To like if you basically, if you were really angry about Spygate, I mean, you must have had a lovely time defending all those statues recently. <laughs> <laughs> Like there was, it was properly that vibe though. It felt genuinely like xenophobic in a lot of ways, and uh, like I think what it was was that it was just a misunderstanding. And what really annoys me, and I think other Leeds fans about it, is it, uh, the fact that Bielsa was presented as a cheat. 
which couldn't be further from the truth. Like, if you find anyone more honourable and uh, fair in the world than Marcelo Bielsa. And that, that's what really stung about it. It was just a thing that everyone does in Argentina. Because you can tell that he's not shady. Because when people went, have you ever spied on Derby? He went, oh, yeah, and everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> like, he didn't deny it. He went, yeah, like literally every team ever. What are you on about? And then like that press conference, when it was called, um, we were terrified. I thought that was it. I thought he was going to go, oh, I don't need this. If I'm getting called a liar, I'll just leave. And then what he proceeded to do was show everyone in the league how to beat Derby. And they didn't win again for three months. <laughs> It was great. He was even breaking down their corner routines. It was like when Harry Wilson lifts his arms like this, this is what they're going to do. <laughs> it was so good. It was like they spent half an hour showing how to attack one of their fullbacks. <laughs> it was like, look, when he's isolated like this, he doesn't like it. You overload him. It's so funny. So, because this is the, whilst he's a lovely bloke, he's also a competitor and there is steel in there. You know, like he is still the same guy who chased after fans with a hand grenade when he didn't like their protests. Like, he, he is, he's mellowed in his old age, but uh, he's still got that competitive steel. And there was no coincidence that he completely took Derby apart in the aftermath of that. And like, if it wasn't for Kiko Casilla being an absolute melt, then we would have uh, we would have gone up last season. Like less said about him, to be fair. Yeah. Like he is he has been the one blight on this season, and I can't wait for him to fuck off out of the club. Um, just just in terms of next season, and, and sort of it, like you say, it does look or it does look quite positive. Like. One thing that that has been talked about a lot this season, uh, but that hasn't quite transpired, but might be an issue next season, is 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 the burnout situation. Could you, oh, could you explain all that about? I knew I knew we'd get around to burnout at some point. <laughs> right, we've just we've just got promoted. We've just done it without burning out. Can we have one day with no? <laughs> <laughs> it is a thing that comes up now, nah, and it is true. Uh, like yeah. we do, like Bielsa does demand a lot of players, and uh, I think what it is is like he keeps explaining he doesn't think it exists because um, the physical levels never drop. What does happen, I think, is sort of uh, emotional and sort of mental burnout can happen because it's incredibly demanding. Like if you watch the, I'm sure. Look, right, as neutrals, you didn't watch us play against Barnsley the other day. It was a terrible, terrible game, but. Um, we we played maybe fifteen different formations during it. Like we we I couldn't keep it up. Honestly, at one point I thought Stuart Dallas was playing as referee. It was all over the shop. Like we couldn't keep up with it. So that must be tiring for players to go uh, right. You're left back now. Now you're in centre mid. Now you're at right wing. Now you're back at left back. Now you're right back. Like that's what happened to Gitano Berardi. So that must get tiring eventually. And uh, I look. I do think um, there is a, a pattern that you can see. I don't. I don't know how much I buy it. We'll see next season. I, I, but I, uh, I think we'll probably follow the same tra- trajectory where we'll fly out the traps and then maybe fade a little bit towards the end. But um, couldn't care less. If we come seventeenth and beat Man United twice, I'm very happy. <laughs> Rob, can, before you before you go, Rob, can I just ask yeah. you one question about how you look? You mentioned about doing it the right way and Leeds. Mm. Uh, like, how do Leeds fans look back on the Peter Ridsdale era? Because there were so many high points during that, and they were such. For a while, they were again everybody's second favorite team. Yeah, uh, that soured. That soured tremendously. But, um, like, how do Leeds fans look back on that time? With a lot of fondness, actually. Like, with still some anger and some resentment towards the board, but like the, the moments that we had, uh, you know, Don Matteo scoring at the San Siro, like moments like that will live forever, and like that. That's beautiful and. 
Yeah, I think mainly with fondness, I think is the main thing. Like it was a beautiful journey. It was a great time and it was that exciting. But just there's a lot of confusion and frustration as well about obviously the way it went down and all the the management behind the scenes. Look, we have not been a well-run club for a long, long time. And uh, that was really the start of all that. I mean, there was, even at the time it was happening, it was like, are we signing another striker? Do we need, we've got seven. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very weird time. But yeah, we had we had some beautiful moments. And uh, yeah, with fondness, but you know, it's been sort of a more a, a sadness over the last few years to just remember back how little time it was that we were in the Champions League semi-final. You know, when we're going to Scunthorpe away, and <laughs> it, was a, it was a bit of a drop. Yeah, main, mainly fun, but like Peter Ridsdale is uh, not welcome back at Ellen Road with open arms, I would say. <laughs> Rob, it's an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, I think, you know, love or hate Leeds United, they are never boring and it's always interesting. And for that reason, I think a lot of fans, all fans are glad to see them back in the Premier League to love or hate them and uh, to reacquaint themselves with one of the great clubs in English football. So, listen, enjoy yourself. Enjoy the celebrations. I'm definitely um, going to. Don't worry about that. Good man. <laughs> uh, probably enjoy being crowned champions potentially this weekend. Oh, it's going to be and, uh, we'll... I want a guard of honour off Derby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, take it easy, Rob. Thanks, mate. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thank you. See you later. Dion, interesting that Leeds fans can still look back with uh, fondness at the, the Ridsdale era, isn't it? Um, well, may, maybe not really when you consider how far Leeds went uh, at that time. Your champ semi-final you know, of the Champions League was an extraordinary um, achievement. And uh, they were uh, a compelling team. Like I remember Leeds in a in a cup match, I think it was, against Manchester City at Main Road, um, maybe about a year before that. And they were a stunning team. Like, they were just this stunning uh, t- team that in some ways had aspects of of the, that thing Rob touched about, about the Bielsa thing, about the system, or about it never being about individuals because they really worked for each other and they uh, um, seemed to be, you know, they were clearly uh, appeared to be going places. Now, around that time, around the time of that, that game, the, the thing that changed everything for Leeds was the was the um, was the court case surrounding the uh, like the horrific assault of Sarfraz Najib, uh, which you know uh, Lee Bowyer and Jonathan Woodgate were were charged over. Bowyer was cleared uh, of all charges. Woodgate was was convicted of a fray, um, and you know another uh, another man, Paul Clifford, was jailed for six years. He was the uh, person that the that the prosecution established and the jury felt had actually committed this horrific attack. Um, but that changed everything. O'Leary then went on, David O'Leary went on and re- released a book called Leeds United on Trial. Um, and it was interesting reading recently, Ridsdale talking about this, he was advised not to go to the case because uh, it was like, he went to the first day and it was like, you, Leeds United, you, these are two players who are on trial, not Leeds United. Uh, and then David O'Leary brought out a book saying Leeds United, titled Leeds United on Trial. Um, he always said he didn't know what the title of the book was going to be, um, which uh, people in publishing might find a strange way of writing a book. Um, anyway, from that, uh, it all unraveled, and they became like, you know, there was a, 
O'Leary quote is one boozy night has brought this club down, he said, from being the second favourite club of many people, we suddenly seem to have become the most hated club in the country. And that kind of then fed in when Leeds and the when Leeds things started to slip a little bit and they needed to meet really ambitious projections leads because of the way they had developed developed their financial model. So they when they didn't get hit, it all unraveled. But there was a time when they were like again, like a bit like now, they were the second favorite club of of, of lots of people. Like O'Leary was uh like you know, seen as, you know, he would spend his press conference being asked would he was he going to succeed Alex Ferguson as uh, manager? You know, he was that was the level he was at. He was incredibly accommodating manager uh, for for the media. Like I remember um, going up to interview interview O'Leary once at uh, Leeds at the Thorpe Arch training ground, and um, he didn't have much time. And he said, "Okay, uh, I got." I, he said, "Okay, we'll do it now." He said, "I'm just uh, the uh, the club masseur is about to give me a massage, uh, but we'll do it now." So I said, oh, okay. Uh, so I found myself in a room uh, with David O'Leary, um, naked from the waist up, uh, getting a rub down, and like my tape recorder perch, you know, where, what's the little table where you put your mat, your, with the hole in it, uh, where you put your mouth through when you, so you can breathe during a massage? My, my tape recorder was sort of perched on the edge of yeah, that yeah. As, as, as David O'Leary talked me through... Uh, you know, his ambitions for Leeds. And, you know, I remember these clear, now, like talking about, you know, he's got a, you know, he's got a, you know, the chairman allows me, you know, in that modest way O'Leary had, or that uh, I'm a very lucky man. And I've got a, a chairman who has a private jet. If I want to fly to Argentina to see a player, I get to do that and all this kind of stuff. And there was this, this, uh, nothing was too much for Leeds United at that point. Like nothing seemed, nothing seemed unattainable. So, you could do everything. You could do an interview at the same time as you were getting a rub down from the, uh, the masseur. You could sign any player in the world. Set Johnson's wage demands were, you know, you know, actually they 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 flipped it. He got he got more money than he'd wanted. You know, the all this crazy stuff that just all seemed to, like a lot of things, all seemed to make sense while it was while powering on. But once it hit a bump in the road, uh. Everything then, nothing could sustain it, sustain itself because it was built on shaky foundations. We we're probably out of time now, but um, Naz, any final thoughts on uh, Leeds back in the Prem? I just think I just think it's it's horrible and great at the same time. I just, I, 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 I just think it's needed. It's it, it's I, I go back to this thing of like, why are you into football? Why do you give a shit? It's because you want teams to love and hate and. That's what everyone feels that way about Leeds in one way or another. Okay, spot on. Listen, absolute pleasure talking to you both. Thanks to Dion and to Naz. And of course, thanks very much to Rob Mulholland, who has uh, given us a brilliant insight into the mindset of Leeds fans around the world, but particularly in Leeds today. Absolutely fantastic weekend for them. And that's our lot. We will talk to you again very soon. If you haven't already done so, click subscribe to get this show into your feed and whatever audio platform you're listening to. Talk soon. Good luck. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation tomorrow, bro. It's people's lives are at risk. Oli Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take it as a yes, then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus, 
why me? I wear a base cap and uh, I have a bad shave.